Ladies and gentlemen, the Conservative Daily Podcast is back, and now your host, Joe Altman. Welcome back to a second hour of Conservative Daily Podcast. We're going to talk about HR4, HR 4980. We're talking about Coomer. We're going to talk about the gaslighting. But right now, we have some breaking news. If you can pull it up on screen right now, um, more Marines have been killed right now in Afghanistan. Um, I think that the blood of now it's 12 U.S. service members killed in the airport explosion, and we're getting live updates. Um, the, the number of people that have been killed is 11 Marines and one Navy medic. Um, that's happening right now. So I'll we're send getting, it to you so you can read it. We're getting updates right now about this. So I'm going to take just a 30-second moment of silence for those that lost their life. And... Uh, I'd like you to join me. Okay, we're back. I don't know of a more pressing issue that we could have in our nation than what we're dealing with as it relates to the fundamental breakdown of leadership and moral and ethical character in our nation. I don't, I don't know how people on the left cannot see what the radical left and these terrorists are doing to our country. Yesterday we had Jamie on who talked about Antifa being the ones that rob, kill, steal, loot, burn, and saying the Proud Boys aren't the problem. The problem is Antifa. The problem is these radical leftists, these evil, satanic people in our society. And those evil satanic people have elected other satanic people, have elected other satanic people, and other evil people, and all of a sudden our government is infected with this massive amount of terrible people who care about two things, money and power. And they built a fraternity on it. Jake is ready. Go ahead and bring Jake in. I'm sick to my stomach right now. I'm sick to my stomach and I'm sick of these people. I'm sick of pretending that we're not dealing with trash in our country. And the DHS has the audacity to say that the problem that we have in our country are patriots that are standing up saying we want free and fair election, that we're not going to let you inject something into our body. As we talk about things, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save the, the Coomer part for the end, I think. I'm gonna, when I want to talk about HR4, I want to talk about HR4980, and I want to talk about common sense. So I'm going to start this, Jake, with some common sense. Ready? Common sense. You ready for it? Are you sure you're going to be ready for it? I mean, most of the time you, you, you speak common sense. So well, I, I mean, this, is going, to be, this is going to be hard to understand. Go we know, even if, it's, even if it's a half a percent, we know that the mRNA vaccine, we know that that vaccine, that, that the person that actually created it said that this was meant specifically this type of vaccine, this, this type of, of, of dosage was meant specifically to engineer to solve specific problems in a specific set of people. And that 
if it's used broadly across the spectrum, that the adverse reaction would be somewhere between 10% and 20%. That person has come forward and said, I, I developed the mRNA vaccine and what they're doing is going to kill people. He said it himself and they've censored him across every platform. Well, then there's another thing that happens and that is even if it's 1% of the people that take this vaccine, they have an adverse reaction, even if only 1% of the people of that 1% die, it still is more people that take the vaccine that has this adverse effect than it is if you were just to have people die at the 99.78%, the less than a half a percent chance of dying of this vaccine. You have a better chance of surviving it, with, excuse me, of this virus. You have a better chance of surviving it by having it than you do by taking a vaccine. Now, here is the common sense part. They have banned in some states the ability for doctors to give you ivermectin and give you hydroxychloroquine. They have banned it. They have said they're not going to give it to people. Jake, what are the side effects, the, 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 uh, morbid, the uh, mortality rate of ivermectin? Can it kill you? I mean, anything can kill you. Anything can kill you. But uh, I, I, I'm not. Is it a known side effect that if you take ivermectin, it'll kill you? I'm going to answer uh, it for you. The answer is no. Any, I've not seen any articles on it. Isn't it generally no. used to treat some like uh, malaria, uh, parasitic malaria diseases, infections? Yeah, bacterial yeah. or parasitic infections. Right. Um, so aren't there? A, it's a, a viral blocker. Around, right. Aren't there a few ways around getting a doctor to, you know, unintentionally write you a uh, uh, something for ivermectin versus saying, hey, I have, you know, I want it for my COVID. Yeah, my, my issue is not, yes, there is. And by the way, you can also buy it at the neighborhood Murdoch's or horse supply store. It comes in a paste. You can just eat it. Can't hurt you there either. It's something that's fed to horses quite often, right? It's, it's, this is true. I'm, t I'm telling you what's true. If you, if, if you get a doctor that won't give it to you, you can just run down to the horse store and say, I need some ivermectin for my horse. And when they say, what kind of horse do you have? You're like, <laughs> you become your own horse. This is a, this I mean, is a true statement. species, right? Yeah, why not, right? Why not? But, but my point is, is that if it has no side effects, if it's a prophylactic, if you can take it and it can save you from getting COVID or it can save you after you got COVID and a large percentage of people can can live as a result of it and there are no side effects and it doesn't adversely affect anything else they could give you why do they make it illegal to give to people to save their lives i mean answer uh, the question if you're if you're in the if you're in the comments tell me right now tell me right now why a government that actually cares about you they they, they wake up every day and they're like yeah we care about you. We're going to tell you the truth. Now, the, our government's never told us the truth up to this point, so I don't know why we're surprised that they don't tell us the truth now. But let's hypothetically say that, that, that the government wakes up every single day and they're like, let's save lives. Not American lives, but let's save lives. Let's, let's gaslight what happens in America. Let's save, let's save lives. We're going to save lives. If they wanted to save lives and there was no adverse effect of ivermectin, there's no adverse effect for hydroxychloroquine. They, they treat malaria all over the globe, mostly in Africa, some parts of Asia, South and Central America. If you get malaria, guess what they give you? They give you hydroxychloroquine. 
They also give you ivermectin. Parasitic treatments over in Africa, if you end up getting worms, they'll give you ivermectin. Zero chance of you dying. And they say, we won't give it to you. If you go to a hospital and, you, and your, your loved ones are there and they're saying, please, please give my husband, give my uncle, give my mother, give my sister, give my, my wife ivermectin. Nope, it's not on the approved list. Sorry, we're not going to do it. Even though it may save their life, we're not going to do it. You want to know why? Because we don't care about you. But no, they gaslight us as Americans and they stand up there and they're like, we want to save America. That's why everyone needs to get a vaccine. And the only people that are at risk for not getting the vaccine are the people not getting the vaccine. It's not adversely affecting people to get the vaccine. You get the vaccine, it's up to you. But why would you stop a prophylactic? Why would you stand in its way and say, listen, we're going to take away your license. We're going to take away your medical license if you give anyone ivermectin. That is happening. Right here in Colorado, somebody gave ivermectin and they're like, oh, we're, we're coming in, we're coming, after your, we're coming after your medical license. Because that person wants to save people's lives. Why is it that we don't tell people about being healthy and taking vitamin D and zinc and vitamin B12 and the things that are necessary in order to keep people healthy? Why don't we tell them they need sunlight? Why is it that every time we turn around, they're trying to shove another drug down our throat? Why do they call the, the healthcare system healthcare when it's actually sick care? Why not call it what it is? Clients for life. They need clients for life. This is my problem. My problem is, is that we don't care. All as we know is that in this country, there is, there is blood on Biden's hands. There's blood on his hands. There's blood on this administration's hands. There's blood on our legislators' hands. There's blood. There's even blood on our Supreme Court justices' hands. You want to know why? Because they, they, they dismissed cases with mounds of evidence, mounds of evidence. They dismissed those cases based on standing. And then they let the media and the tech companies oppress the American people lie to the American people, create fact checks that are lies. They're liars. They let liars run loose on the American people because you don't, they don't care about you. All while taking ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, z other things that are good prophylactics that, that can actually save your life, taking those things away from you. But there was no adverse reaction. So why wouldn't a hospital go, this person is likely going to die. Let's try everything to save their life. Tell me what you wouldn't do for your child or your loved one. Tell me what you wouldn't do for somebody else's loved one if there was even a chance that that could save their life. Why would you not do it? Ivermectin costs $3 a pill. You're doing stuff that costs $3,000. you are using plasma treatment, which by the way, the patents are owned by guys like Fauci. Why? Ask yourself, this is an American, if you're first time listening to this, if you're part of Antifa or you're watching this because somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, you're, you're, you're on the radical left and you're just gathering information. Like you're one of those Antifa journalists. How can you have it in your conscience that what you're doing is right? How can you block out facts? How can you gaslight and do the things that you do? How in the world, if you're a major corporation in this country, can you dictate that people have to take a vaccine while ignoring all of the studies that show that these prophylactics work to save people's lives? 
Man, you'd have to be dumber than a rock to believe that these, this leadership in this country cares at all about you. They don't care about you at all. And that's not on one side, it's on both sides. Wings of the same bird. I'm pissed. I'm pissed off, and you should be pissed off. People are like, oh, Joe, what are we going to do about it? I told you what we need to do about it. You walk in and we evict them. National Eviction Day. And we, we're not evicting people. We're, 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 we're evicting the traitors of our nation. The people that have destroyed families, destroyed lives, removed fathers, created an institution of, of prison systems to catch all the regular people in the traps while they get to go with impunity and rape kids and be racist and, and get away with it for decades. Until somewhere along the line, you just, you, 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 I don't know. I don't know, Jake. It, it, is, it blows my mind. Let's, start talk, let's talk about H.R. 4. Let's talk about H.R. 4. Tell everyone what H.R. 4 is. H.R. 4. H.R. 4 is cleverly disguised under the name of, what is it, John Lewis? Who's the, the deceased uh, rep- representative? Yeah. Yeah, so they, they, they give it a, a name of a, of a, a, a deceased uh, black man yeah. who was... Uh, a big proponent of civil rights, probably a good idea for them to choose a dead guy because if he were still living, he'd probably be asking where exactly does this uh, involve equality? Uh, because really all it does is nationalize the system of, of voting. and it, to, Which is not to allowed. Boil, to boil it down, right, to boil it down, all power and permissions relating to election law so once, if they pass it, all powers and permissions relating to election law fall into the hands of the attorney general of the country yeah, and uh, the court, the Department of Justice of Washington, D.C., and the courts. So How about that? How about I mean, that? Let's just call it an insurance policy. You know, you got I, your foot in the door. They're all going, ah, I can't believe we did it. And now you just got to lock it down. Well, and and they're they're going to lock it down, but they're going to do it by creating propaganda against people like me, against people like you, against people that are standing up for this nation, against they're standing up for people that don't even know they need to be stood up for. Yeah. So we're heading into a future where under this BS uh, guise of of racial equality is nationalizing election makes it easier for and i mean you apply whatever you want to it any idea they want to throw once they get this through they'll get it done well uh, and the, the thing about changing elections is you have to have 60 votes you have to have 60 not votes if they in the get Senate. rid of the filibuster <laughs> you mean getting this law through yeah yeah so not if they uh their intent of getting rid of the filibuster works so they're coming for everything, and uh, to hide it under—I mean, it's—it's it's probably more egregious than you know BLM being for Black Lives rather than a bunch of white kids destroying stuff. It's a bunch of white people naming it after a dead black guy and saying it's about races, uh, racial equality. Which I, you know, the ones that lose the most in this are the inner cities. So try to show me the equality of any of the things these people have done, and, and I'll, I'll shut it down each and every step. Well, I think I think that's the issue that I have specifically, right? Is that we we are we are dealing with a massive amount of um, 
a fraud on the American people, and they use things like the National Voting Act for equal rights, and that's not what it's about. And yet people just let it happen. They let it happen. But in, in effect, I mean, you know, with, with the current administration, if this law gets through, you know, they can say you must use across the board, you must use these machines. You know, anyone that they want to enforce, they can mandate. And it's 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 the death of democracy. So with all of these things compounding, I, I don't really see how we navigate around it because they control the most powerful seats in, in the world. You know, they have the House, they have the Senate, and they'll, you know, how, how do we get around them passing this? Because right now, you know, it's, it's, a, it's going to be a free-for-all of pat, putting through the most absurd stuff to maintain the fact of, of what has taken place uh, at, at the 2020 election. So these are all just extens, uh, extensions of an insurance policy. I would agree with that. 100% I would agree with that. All right. So let's talk about H.R. 4980. Oh, now you want to get me fired up, Joe. Now I want to get you fired up. Oh, you want to get me fired up. So okay. H.R. 4980 basically creates a second class of citizens, does it not? Yeah. Yeah. Overnight. When, when, when they, I mean, you know, all of this gets back to it resting on the approval of the vaccine. But, you know, when I when I came out to Colorado, I assumed that I would be taking a train or driving back to the East Coast because I knew I know guys that, you know, do uh, contract work with cyber firms. And this has been the whisper in, in, in the back channels for the past few weeks is that they're going to ram this through and make it make it law. And, you know, applying it to, you know, if you Josh, if you go to image two, I think that is even more concerning than the title of the, the law or the, pro, uh, the proposal, uh, if you see that the definition, uh, in order to get on an airplane, the definition of compliance in this act, the term fully vaccinated against COVID-19 means receiving all recommended doses of COVID-19 vaccine. Now, so that's a, a very vague definition. I mean, you know, shot one, shot two, but then what about booster? What about the fourth booster, you know, fifth shot? So they've left it open-ended. And, you know, it's, it's just one more, one more notch in their belt of going full Nazi. At so at the, 40, at the HR 4980, you would at that point not be able to fly at all commercially unless you had your vaccine. Correct, yeah. But, but the only people that would be at risk of flying if, if they were not with the people that not vaccinated. So you're actually punishing someone for not getting the vaccine when the only one that is at risk is the person that's not getting the vaccine. Right. And, and, and again, that's, you know, mind blowing to me that you're vaccinated. What's the issue? And then now the, the rhetoric is changing that it's okay for a, a vaccinated person to fault an unvaccinated person for still putting them at risk. The whole point of you getting the vaccine was that you would no longer be at risk. So, so it's 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 moving the window, constantly moving the goalposts. But my bigger concern is how this all factors into 
the master plan. I, I'm a macro guy. I don't, you know, I, I acknowledge the small pieces, but what is the big picture goal of all of this? If you're looking for world domination, that's a big picture goal. So what is the big picture goal? Right. And if you go to the rhetoric of them talking about how, you know, these second class citizens are, you know, disease carrying vermin, essentially, almost verbatim to what, you know, the propaganda coming out of the Nazi party was, uh, Josh, if you could go down to uh, image four, and I'll, I'll connect all these pieces and really explain what the intent here is. No, that's uh, the next one. The DHS terror threat label. Are you there, Josh? There we go. There we go. All right. So we've seen this image before, and this is, again, setting the ground game for the bigger picture. And so potential terror threats is uh, opposition to COVID measures. So now 4980 gets put through and you're, a, you know, it's kind of like the New York Safe Act. They, you know, they made felons, hundreds of thousands of them overnight for not complying with the, the gun modification laws. So, you know, if, if you do not comply with getting the vaccine now, now that, you know, they're mandating it, as soon as you go to fly or if, you know, you're all if you're not vaccinated, you're automatically put on that list from from the, you know, the, the planning of the of this proposal, then then they can bring the world down on top of you. And so I found an interesting video going back to how does this connect to, you know, the, the larger Nazi esque uh, picture of, of, of control and defeating the opposition. Uh, Josh, if you could go to that video, um, the last one, the Obama no fly, no buy, if you get marked on the no fly list, you, the next job they want or the next proposal they want to put through is if you're on the no fly list, you're on the no buy list for firearms. So th this is the bigger picture uh, image. So if, if you would throw that right, video, Say that again, yeah. if you're on the no fly list. No fly. No buy. no buy. So this is something. This is something that came around in, in 2018, and, and Obama had really been a big proponent of this. Is that if you're on a no-fly list without the passage of this law, if you're on a no-fly list, you can actually still go get a gun. So their intent now is this is how you put at a mass scale you put defectors to your compliance you put them on a mass scale on a no-fly list and then now your gun control measures can come to life so and, josh and, are you having trouble with that video or? and i think that uh 4980 what's that just toss to it toss to it okay i'll toss to it if we really want to help law enforcement protect americans from homegrown extremists the kind of tragedies that occurred at san bernardino and that now have occurred in Orlando. There is a meaningful way to do that. We have to make it harder for people who want to kill Americans to get their hands on weapons of war that let them kill dozens of innocents. But we know that, consistent with the Second Amendment, there are common sense steps that could reduce gun violence and could reduce the lethality of somebody who intends to do other people harm.
We should give ATF the resources they need to enforce the gun laws that we already have. People with possible ties to terrorism who aren't allowed on a plane shouldn't be allowed to buy a gun. Enough talking about being tough on terrorism. Actually be tough on terrorism and stop making it easy as possible for terrorists to buy assault weapons. Reinstate the assault weapons ban. Make it harder for terrorists to use these weapons to kill us. Otherwise, despite extraordinary efforts across our government, by local law enforcement, by our intelligence agencies, by our military, despite all the sacrifices that folks make, these kinds of events are going to keep on happening. What do you think? I, I think that uh, one of the things that I did appreciate about Obama is that he was a very eloquent speaker. He could make a pile of crap look like something you would want to consume. And he talks in, in, in terms that nobody wants people to get killed. Nobody. Nobody wants terrorists. But he started the conversation with domestic, people that are here, make it harder for them while allowing things to happen like a free flow from the, the borders. If the only people that have guns are the police, which, by the way, uh, one of the things you should know is that in parts of Colorado, they are only now responding to tier one calls. That's in Colorado. So unless there's which is what like shooting imminent, death, yeah, death, dismemberment, somebody's shot. There, if if and up till that point, up to the point where there's extreme bodily harm, the police are not responding in some counties across Colorado at all. They're not responding. Yeah, I mean, in New York, in New York, New York too, you pretty much have to blast someone in the face on Fifth Avenue to get arrested anymore. So, think about yeah. what that's doing, what that's doing to the psyche of people in our country. Just think about that. Well, and the police, you know, uh, the, the intent, you know, what the Gestapo were, the Gestapo was a nationalized force. Um, so in the same sense, they want to uh, nationalize elections. They also want to defund the police on state levels so they can nationalize them. Uh, uh, imagine a, a nationwide version of the Capitol Police. Right. They're not really police. They're more of like Praetorian Guard types. Yeah. So. so so basically, you're on your own. We're going to take weapons away from you. We're going to stop you from being able to defend yourself. And, oh, by the way, if something does happen, you're, you, know, you can call us and we'll file a police report, but we're not coming to see you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. think about how so, crazy of a, of a country we'd have to be in for that to be a true statement. Yeah, that's what's happening right now. Oh, and the most important thing in the world is that if you're in a hurricane, you must get a vaccine. And you can't fly if you didn't have the vaccine because you're not listening to us, the, the, the aristocratic elite that's telling you that you have to do what we say. We, we are creating a slave class across the globe. This is not a re great reset. This is a great enslavement. We are becoming slaves to them. Yep. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna transition because we got about 30 minutes left yeah, in the yeah. show. Let's wrote, let's let's walk this back uh, into the scary parallels of how what is taking place now is exactly how the Nazis got into power, and their only defense to this is projecting their actions by calling someone else a Nazi. So, Josh, if you could go to the uh, image three, the article uh, header for image three.
All right, here we go. Um, go ahead and read no. it to everyone. It was the, the cut I the said. Okay, so the title of the article is Unvaccinated COVID Patients Cost U.S. Health System Billions. And they're not the only ones paying for it. So it says, unvaccinated adults hospitalized with COVID-19 cost the American health system at least $2.3 billion in June and July this year. They don't mention the illegal immigrants that walk into an ER and they get everything for free. But, you know, it's the unvaccinated you have to watch out for. According to research by the Kaiser Family Foundation, most of which will be borne by society as a whole and not by the unvaccinated patients. Joe, does this sound anything reminiscent of... Uh, the the uh, targeting of populations in, in in Germany, saying you know your financial suffering is at the uh, is that the result of these people over here. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, it's identical. Your health, your health standing is at the risk of these people over here. So so, so let's I, let's take it one step further, if we would. Right, one step further. Ready? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, go for it. If, if they truly cared about how much it costs you, then 83 cents on every dollar that goes into the healthcare system goes to the administration. 83 cents on the dollar. That means 17 percent of the money. I'm sorry. That's the unions. That's these big yeah. healthcare unions. 80, 83 percent of your money goes to fill the coffers for, you know, to increase revenue, profit for the, you know, executives on Kaiser, Blue Cross Blue Shield. 83% of what you pay when you give them money is a tax that goes to the aristocratic elite, the wealthy. 83%. So they want to talk about the fact that vaccinated, unvaccinated, this is again more propaganda. This is not aligned with fact. When 80 plus percent of the money that you pay, you pay $1,000 a month, 800 of that goes to pay the administration. Doesn't go to the doctors, doesn't go to the hospitals. It goes to pay the administration of that healthcare insurance company. Healthcare, when you're, when you're actually, it's, it's not healthcare, it's sick care. 83% goes towards that. So Jake, well, I mean, I gotta tell you, if they care about that, why not just cut out the insurance companies? Well, I mean, I think insurance companies are more powerful than the, the actual government at this point. So well, I think most uh, there's a lot of companies out there that are more powerful than the government or that are parroting or puppeting the government. And again, I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, I'm not. Although you, you, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that the conspiracies that we talked about yesterday are coming true today. So they're no longer theories. These are things that are actually happening. We're, we're pay, the, last year, we were talking about vaccine passports. Were they not talking about vaccine passports? And everyone came out and said they're not going to do vaccine passports. What did they do? Vaccine yeah, passports. No, it's it's, it's uh, moving the goalposts. That was a conspiracy. Down. Now we've got to start. If, if you... If Josh could get ready the uh, article, things the unvaccinated can't do, I'm just going to go down this rabbit hole of, of, of uh, uh, Nazi uh, similarities to what, you know, um, preceded the extermination of millions of people based on uh, words like burden to society, uh, you know, financial risk to society, health risk to society. And then show some actual uh, very disturbing graphics that uh, would actually probably fit in right now uh, from Nazi Germany. You got it? Gosh, you got he that? Not, he does not have it. Okay. He does not right. have it. So I'm going to go down the checklist and, and, and tell me if it sounds anything Nazi-esque in, in, in nature. Being unvaccinated could cost you your job, Joe. 
Okay. You can't, Nazi or not? That's definitely Nazi. You may not be allowed to attend class. Nazi or not? It, it definitely is Nazi. Say farewell to your favorite restaurant. This is an article published on MSN.com. This is not, uh, uh, you know, seeking to show the absurdity of the situation. This is like, a, hey, you know, you should go get vaccinated because, you know, these are the things you'll be prohibited from. It's not, you know, the hyperbole of, of, of the actual intent here. So uh, think twice about that Paris vacation is another one. Forget about catching a Broadway show. I Forget about going to your morning workout because you're not allowed in gyms. I mean, it's, it's just a rolling list of, 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 of secondary citizen um, enforcements. There you go. So you really can't do anything. What about life insurance no, and health insurance? Can't so you go, can't get life insurance. I, I, well, you you so get a vaccine, you can't get life insurance. This right, is, so, uh, guys, this makes you a slave. You're a slave. Your body no longer is yours. It doesn't belong to you. They already told you your children don't belong to you. They can indoctrinate and do whatever they want to them. Now they're telling you your body does not belong to you. It belongs to them. 40% of your paycheck, so, you're an ant and an ant farm. That's what you are. So, uh, the, right, and that's, that's the taxation without calling it taxation. Is Delta, I think it's Delta, is charging their unvaccinated employees $200 a month premium to continue working there. So the average mortgage in the you know middle class family in America is about twelve hundred dollars, thousand to twelve hundred dollars. So you're pulling out two months of mortgage payments to tax these people for not complying with your your totalitarian mandates. Yes. So you know you're going to see this crash across the board and trickle down into every sector: uh, consumer spending, uh, home, car buying, all, all of these components of, of capitalistic free markets. This is how they'll extinguish them. And, uh, you know, uh, Josh, this is the most disturbing uh, parallel to it. You know, if you go back to Nazi Germany, they said the Jewish population was responsible for uh, economic ruin. You know, so what their argument now is that the economy cannot be restarted unless you comply. So therefore, the unvaccinated are to blame for a failing economy. As the Germans said that the Jews were to blame. Or the Nazis said that the Jews were to blame in the 1940s. And then they also said words like burden, like the previous article I read, you know, it's a, you're a burden to society. You're, a, you're the other, you know. How do you allow for genocides to take place? The Hootsies and the, the you know, the, the two warring classes and in, in, I think, Sierra Leone, like, you create the other, you create the division of the other, you create the unrelatable aspect of the other. And one of the things, Josh, if you could ready the poster, the propaganda poster, uh, it's titled Nazi propaganda. Joe, this was actually uh, a propaganda poster Nazi party saying that Jews were a burden to the healthcare uh, of the or the health and well-being of the country uh, of Germany as a whole, because they had lice and lice spread typhus. So, in, in a in a bigger picture uh, outlook, how is that any different from the situation we're in right now, Joe? It's not. It's not. It's no different at all. Matter of fact, no. it's the same playbook. And if we look back on those playbooks, they've been they've been very patient over the last, you know, seven to eight decades. 
almost a, a century, they had been very, very, very patient and waiting for their opportunities and making sure they had people in positions and building out their fraternities and creating this deep, deep dark web. You know, I, I, I want to tie it back to, to some of the uh, Masonic things that have happened across our nation, but I can't. I have friends that are in the Freemasons deal, and I, I, I've often asked them, I was like, hey, so how long have you guys been planning all this stuff? And they laugh at me a little bit. <laughs> So I don't, I don't know what the cause root of it is, but I do know that there is a root. I do know that this is, that, that normal people walk around every day thinking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And there is a part of our country, there's a part of our society that wants to figure out a way to destroy and looks at you and hates you just for being you, just for being happy. They, they live every single day on how they can conquer you and enslave you. And we're dealing with that right now in real time in real time. And this is as close as the globe has ever gotten to this evil being able to consume our society. Now we just have to make a decision on whether or not we stand up or not. Yeah. You want to get into Coomer? I do. I do. I figured so, we'd save the best for last. No. So this part you're going to want to share. You're going to want to share. I took the time Jake, I took the time to read the New York Times article. I took the time to read it, and I was disgusted by it. But we're going to put it up, and we're going to go through it a little bit. It's really long. They, 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 it's, it's probably the puffiest it's piece. It's 28 pages. I think it's 28 pages. No, I it's not it 28 pages. Cell phone. 28 pages. It's, I mean, it's 28 pages on a cell phone, but it's not 28 pages. It's yeah. long. It's it is long. you got to put 20 pages aside for it. So if we can just start at the top of it, I just sent it to you, uh, Mr. Producer, if you want to put it up. So I'm going to read the top part of it. And this is from the New York Times Magazine, Susan Deminis. Susan Deminis uh, wrote this article and reached out to me, and I gave her a bunch of things about me. And I'm going to be able to publish some of those things. I've been now contacted by other journalists that said, not only is this a disgrace, leave it up, please. Uh, not only is this a disgrace to journalism, but it, it probably is the most disgusting article that they've ever wrote because it went really far to glorify or talk about Eric Coomer in such a light that he is, that they explained away all the things that Eric Coomer was, all of them. So I'm going to start by reading it to you. I'm going to read little bits of it. And um, th th this, I, I can't even, I can't even begin to, to, uh, uh, you know, reconcile it, right? So this talks about uh, Coomer helped make Dominion one of the largest providers of voting machine and software in the United States. He's a gifted programmer known to be serious about his work, but informal about almost everything else. Prone to profanities with a sense of humor that could have blunt force, Coomer, who traveled around the world for competitive endurance bike races, would have blended in, in on a campus of Google, just one in a crowd of nonconformist tech types. In a more corporate business of elections, he stood out for the full-sleeve tattoos on his arms. And it talks about what it is. And a half-inch holes in his ears where he once wore what were known as plugs. Coomer was accustomed to working long days before the post-election certification process, but the stress that November was building quickly. Donald Trump was demanding recounts. The president allies at the Stop the Steal movement had spent months stoking fears of election fraud. And then on Sunday, November 8th, Sidney Powell, a lawyer representing the Trump campaign, appeared on Fox News and claimed without evidence that Dominion had an algorithm to switch votes from Trump to Biden. That did not happen on Sunday, November 8th. That is not true. That is not true. Now, that did happen. 
but that part is not true. The video Coomer watched in his hotel room represented a new development in Dominion's troubles. It was a day's episode of the Conservative Daily Podcast. It was that day's episode of the Conservative Daily Podcast, a program previously unknown to Coomer, which had been posted to YouTube. We're going to expose something inside of Dominion voting systems, specifically related to Antifa and related to someone that is so far left in controlling elections and his fingerprints are in every state, said the show's co-host, a man using the pseudonym Joe Otto. That was me back then. As you go through this article, one of the things that you'll get, and I, I think you should read it. Maybe I'll just put it up there. I'll drop it on there. I think you should read it. But it goes into saying Coomer had given conspiracy theorists a valuable resource, a grain of sand that could transform into something that they had, f that they feel the, f the false promise of proof. There, there's so much proof that I, it's hard for me to sit here in front of you and let them gaslight an entire country and tell you there's no proof. There's mathematical proof. There is math and science, right? The one thing when you have deviations, when Dr. Shiva gets up there and says, listen, this is the algorithm. This is the perfect delineation of the, the switches in votes and the addition of votes across the country, state by state. And yet the left has come out and said over and over again, that has all been debunked. Dr. Shiva has been debunked. So I asked the question to hundreds of people. I go, tell me where it's been debunked. I want to read about it. I want to know how it's been debunked. To this day, I have gone through, as have the, the couple of journalists that wrote a response to Susan Dimonis, Dimonis, that I can't find the proof that says that it's, it's unproven. I can't even go to Snopes. I can't go to any of these fact checkers and lead stories. And Jake, I mean, you, you've had an opportunity to check into it. Is there anyone that's debunked Dr. Shiva on the mathematical probabilities and the things that happen in the vote switching, not just in one state, but across the country? No, they just sweep things under the rug and create other distractions like Kabul, stuff like that. Um, you know, it's funny. You're talking about this article and it, it brings to mind. And Josh, you're going to have to cut this part. But I, I remember another person who went on national media to cry and whine like a And they ended up turning out to be a liar. Do you also remember who that was? No. Jesse Smollett. Oh, Je Jesse, Jesse Smollett. Smollett. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So he cried and whined uh, about how everyone picked on him and that it was motivated by racism. Racism. And conspiracy yeah. theorists. And how did that go? Well, so, he paid two men I from Nigeria to come and beat yes, him up and pour bleach on him. him yeah, because there's so yes. much racism that they had to manufacture it. There's no, there's such a shortage of white supremacists, they had to hire black men to do it. To make their own. Right. To make their own. Right. So yet again, I would say that Trump did the most of any president to employ minorities. And to but, give them opportunity and to stop yes. this degradation of education and education environments. He did yes. that. So I'd actually say you're in a good spot. Usually at the point in which you're having to go to the New York Times for coverage, you're kind of out of options, you know? You're out of options so, and you're on the defense. I'd, I'd say, yeah, I'd say you're pretty good, Joe. I'd say you, you, you don't have much more to worry about. I, I, okay. So that, that was the article, and, and I'll post this article, but this article, um, I wrote about who I am as a person. They said, well, tell us about who you are. And uh, I, 
I, so I sent her everything. I was like, look, I've volunteered in my community for the last couple of decades. I've worked with a nonprofit. That nonprofit works on helping refugees get resettled in this country, get education, get opportunities. I, I've worked in uh, inner city youth programs and incarcerated youth programs because I recognize that the system does have a school to prison pipeline. And a lot of that has to do with the way that Democrats run things to weaken who they are, to keep education away from them, to pull fathers from the from the from the uh, um, the household and, and basically weaken minority communities. It's it's I mean, it, the, the proof is in what you can see. So I've stood in that gap. I have paid for private school educations for people that are dis, they're economically disadvantaged. I've never asked for anybody to give me recognition. Never. I've never stood out there and said, look at me, look at what I've done. My, my resume is written to where, all right, this is what I did in business, kind of cool. Oh, yeah, e. Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year. I'm an introvert by who I am. I never stepped out in 10 years at Conservative Daily. I used a pseudonym of Joe Otto while helping people give them a voice so they could speak to the legislative group. I've never stood out. I've never stopped out, stood out and said, oh, let me, let me go get popular. I didn't want it. My popularity was in my community. My popularity is when seeing people that actually progress and do really well in our society. My popularity has been mentoring young people so that they can go on to have productive families and stay as fathers in their household. I've never stepped out in any way to look for popularity, to look for making money on stepping out and lying to do it. But here's the problem with this article by the New York Times. Here is something that is admitted in this gaslighting to, because they think you're stupid. Number one, they admit, he now admits, that those articles, those, those Facebook shots that he had on his Facebook, that he had on his tw uh, Twitter account, he, he now is saying that those are real. So he wrote an op-ed back in uh, late uh, November, and he said that those were fabricated. See, this is what liars do. Liars make things up. So they were fabricated back in November, which had a massive increase in the number of death threats, people coming to my house, powder sent to my house, people attacking me everywhere saying, how dare you do this to Eric Coomer? How dare you? These are all fabricated. You made all these up. Now he admits, 10 months later, they're real. He actually did post it. And in this New York Times article, there's not one point at which they printed it, showed the goods. Now, they just kind of glossed over it and said, oh, he said stuff that he regretted. He, had, he, just, he, he just did it because he was, he was upset. He, they glossed over the fact that he had wrote no recounts, hashtag no recounts. This is the post. You can go look That's at it yourself. That's a good photo of him. That's a good photo of him compared to all the other photos you have. This right. Oh, they want to make him look like he's a saint. They want to make him look like, like he didn't do anything wrong. Like, right? They want to make like me look like I'm a liar when I gave up everything. I didn't put up Facebook posts saying that I hated Obama. I didn't put up Facebook posts and other social posts saying I hated Biden. Now I will. Because Biden has blood on his hands. Because Biden is not the rightful person that should be in that office. Because the election was stolen. I didn't make him get on that call. 
And you know, you have a you have a judge. So now I have journalists that are coming out saying, tell us about the judge. We want to write articles about the judge. And I'm like, first you have to set the record straight on this guy, Eric Coomer. And so they're doing that. And I was I was surprised. Like, like, yeah, I don't I don't expect it to be an article that tells the truth. I don't expect it to be come from the journalistic world and be one of truth and be one of of passion about what this country should stand for and what the truth what the truth is. But that's not all he did, Jake. See, in here, he didn't just say, Oh, those are my Facebook posts. He denied it. No, no, but first he denied it in the Denver Post. Then he says in here, admittedly, those are true. It goes into detail saying that Oatman is now the subject of a defamation lawsuit bought by Coomer because I defamed him because I brought truth out. But it gets you worse in this article. Go ahead. You know what's funny is that the subject of a de- defamation uh, case, Coomer, yeah. goes to the New York Times. And the New York Times is currently embroiled or entwined in what will historically be probably one of the most important First Amendment cases you know, for what they're doing with Project Veritas yep. and their defamation case, yeah. where Project Veritas in New York, New York, which is a communist hive, had they, a judge dismissed their attempt to get, you know, uh, the stay order, the ability to, uh, you know, pull the motion, uh, you know, the motion to dismiss. So Project Veritas is on the cusp of being able to corner these New York Times authors or fiction writers, whatever you want to call them. Yeah in a courtroom and depose them on all of their orchestrated propaganda, uh, you know, writings. And that's all it is. So it's, it's ironic that at the same time the New York Times is going to be mopped across the floor in this lawsuit that's existing between them and Project Veritas. Yeah. This guy enlists them as almost a PR campaign. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 it's quite entertaining. How credible will your puff piece be when the entity that wrote it gets mopped across the floor by Project Veritas and James. Oh, uh, look, my, my lawyers looked at this deal and said, we have a case for New York Times to go after them for defamation. They defamed you. They made you look like a liar. And here's the problem. I now have a direct claim against Eric Coomer because there were direct threats on my life as a result of him writing an article saying I fabricated all of those Facebook posts. That actually happened. I had, to, I had to sleep with steel plates around my bed for me and my wife. I had to have security with my daughter, security on my son. That had to happen because I stood up and talked about truth. And this clown goes into detail and tries to explain away the fact that, yes, he was a skinhead. But he was the type of skinhead that actually was against racism. He actually, she writes it that he was a skinhead. Yes, I was a skinhead. But I was a different type of skinhead. Writing in skinhead Blogs, blogosphere about the fact that he's a skinhead, talking about what it meant to be a skinhead, but he explains it away and she does the gaslighting of all gaslighting by saying, I know he was a skinhead, but skinhead to him just meant he shaved his head. Think about that. Think about how stupid you would have to be to, as a human being to believe that skinhead means that you just shave your head. Oh man, that's, that's a new thing. Let's just change it all over again. Let's make skinhead something that's, you know, that we should hold and revere. Hey, shave your head and you too can become a skinhead. How stupid do we have to be as people to believe that that's the truth? But the gaslighting by Susan is that is, is exactly that. It gets better. They explain away his use of heroin and being a heroin addict and twice getting DUIs. 
for being addicted to drugs. And they make him into a hero for being a heroin addict. And he kicked it for real for the, for the final time by handing the guy his shoes and his wallet and saying, don't let me out. I'm going to kick this habit. That's a lie. But, but narcissistic enough to get on the road with a, 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 a you know, a, a 2000 or heavier piece of metal that could take out a family, uh, you know, is respectable. You know, DUIs and, and DWIs are, are some of the most irresponsible, self-interested, narcissistic things you could uh, commit because you are you are placing everyone else's life below yours doing that. So I think it, it kind of speaks to character for such an individual. A, a heroin addict. A heroin addict. And, and let's not forget about the fact that Susan Dominus had access to the dossier, because she actually sent an email to someone else saying, hey, did you actually write this dossier? She, she, she knew about it. So she knew she had active knowledge. I'm going to do an entire segment on this, active knowledge. And I'm going to do an entire segment on the judge. I'm going to do an entire segment on the attorney's firm and who the attorney firm is actually connected to in Denver specifically. You're, I have stayed quiet enough. I have to, I'm in real hiding. I'm in real hiding. Not, he's I, not in hiding. I, I'm in hiding because I don't want to give up. If you if you're to sue the New York Times, you probably should do it before O'Keefe, you know, takes them to the bank. So you know, if there's if there's any money left over, you, you should probably get on that now. All right. So listen, I want to talk about this part as well. This is really funny, and don't let there be any dead space. But Eric Coomer also in here walks through and talks about, I mean, it's, a, it's the biggest puff piece I've ever seen. It's the puff piece of all puff pieces. They, they explained away the systems being connected to the internet. They knew about, I sent it to her. I sent her the part, I, I sent her the part about Eric Coomer who openly, openly using his Berkeley email address openly wrote a piece about how he humiliated his words, not mine, degraded, beat. I don't, I mean, I don't even know the words to use. Abused. I think he did use the word abused. Matter of fact, we'll be able to read it here later. Called her a dog. S L U. You finished the deal. Made her bark like a dog urinated on her bragged about all of these, boasted about this, boasted about this publicly, publicly boasted about this, and somewhere along the line, I defamed him. This is the type of person. He boasts in braggadocious nature of who he is, just like, just like uh, Matt Crane said, hey, Eric loves a little Eric. But he didn't brag on that call. He didn't write the, He didn't initially write those those uh, articles. But now he did. So he was lying before. Now he's telling the truth. So he's a truthful person who is a heroin addict, who is a skinhead. That just means you shaved your head. Who also, by the way, wrote stuff about urinating on his wife and treating her like a piece of trash. But I have to believe now that all of that stuff he's you know that all he's misunderstood. It is unbelievable how bad this piece is it's unbelievable it's unbelievable it's the new york times i mean are you surprised 
I'm I'm surprised that someone could get membership. away with. I I I want I I just am surprised. I am super surprised that she can live with herself at night, knowing that she wrote an article that is such diabolically opposed to truth. That truth doesn't matter, and that somewhere along the line, someone is going to be able to use this. Can any news outlet that charges a fee for access to their content? Does that not sound, I mean, like talk therapy, like, you know, yeah. you see a therapist once a week and they, you know, I, I'm not a fan. I don't trust therapists. I don't like them. I think most of the time they just tell you what you want to hear and they get you back and they want to keep bringing you back. So it's the same thing. It's this echo chamber, pay for a safe space echo chamber. We'll feed you the content you want to hear. So why, why are you surprised? I mean, it's, it's like a Netflix membership. It's a subscription. It's a feel-good subscription. Yeah. It doesn't make you feel good. It makes other people feel good. The, the, the idea that we can go through all of this, and I read this article, and it just goes through dates. goes through dates, and, oh, he's suing him, and, oh, bad guy. I mean, it might as well, as Ash pointed out, it might as well have been connected to his cash app. Oh, give Eric Coomer money. Feel bad for Eric Coomer. Well, let, let's go to look at the other article. Let's look at the contrast of what real journalism is. I got sent this this morning, and it's uh, up just a little bit further. It's the ashinamerica.com. It's the one that was uh, featured all over the country. She's become a kind of a, a you know, I wouldn't say a folk hero. Just go, go down a little bit. This is a picture of Eric Coomer in one of his Facebook posts. But as you go down this, I'm going, to, I'm going to post this so you can read it. Let me just read a little bit at the very top. If you, if you start by saying, if you need any further proof that the mainstream media is absolute trash, may I introduce you to Susan Dominus from the New York Times Magazine. Earlier this week, Susan delivered a glowing, sympathetic framing of one of the November 2020 election's most notorious villains, Eric Coomer. In her August 24, 2021 fictional short story, he was the perfect villain for a voting conspiracist. Dominus paints an interesting, surprisingly honest at moments picture of Mr. Coomer. She shares, quote unquote, quote, he was a gifted programmer known to be serious about his work, but informal about almost everything else, prone to profanities with a sense of humor that could have blunt force, unquote. Quote, traveled around the world for competitive endurance races, would have blended in on the campus of Google, just one in a crowd of nonconformist tech types, end quote. Eric is just an alt personality and nonconformist type, but he's super gifted at programming, the kind of guy you'd like at big tech companies. Do you feel your confidence and trust level rising yet? Deeper into the article, we, article, we go into a bit more about Coomer's past and how he came to be involved in our elections. And I'm not going to lie, this is my favorite part of the piece by Dominus. And by the way, Dominion, Dominus, I don't even know how to explain all this. Quote, as a teenager and in his 20s, he considered himself a skinhead, but he was aligned with a faction who were opposed to racism. <laughs> to me, being skin is a proud that you have shaved at least short hair, he wrote in 1991. No, that's not what he wrote in 1991. That's not what he wrote in 1995. That's not what he wrote in 1996 or 1998. And he was involved in Denver in the skinhead movement long after that. 
As someone who grew up in the 1990s with a front row seat to the decade of race wars in Atlanta and other cities, I felt confident in saying that literally no one in the 1990s called themselves a skinhead without proclaiming pride in white skin. The two were synonymous. That's what Ash wrote. Was Coomer the inspiration for Remy? As you start reading this, you will go on that not only did he admit that he was a skinhead, but he admitted the, the fact that he has um, lost his marriage, had ended up in prison after being charged with several counts of driving under the influence. I, I, and you know what? I, I'm all for redemption. I, I actually think that, you know, when it's all said and done with, no, I'm, I'm not going to say that. Forgiving? No, I'm not going to forgive someone that actually puts people out there to hurt my family. As you go through the article written by Ash, and I will post it, you will see this, the way that Susan wrote the article was to make you feel sorry for him, but it wasn't truth. She calls the mainstream a fairy tale that there's no evidence of election fraud. She basically says that the mainstream media of them saying that there's no election fraud goes into then producing that evidence inside of the article. Very well, very well written. Math, science, behavior, indicators, and warnings. These are all things that are inside the article. It's a very long article. You're, you're going to have some time. Goes into what's happening in Mesa County, what Jenna Griswold did, the connections to Matt Crane, the connections to other people around the country that basically said there's nothing to see here. They got together in their little cabal and they said, hey, listen, we're going to explain away all this with fact checkers. The fairy tale of Eric Coomer being a victim. That somehow I made him a victim. So what Ash did is she went through and she put some of the posts in there and said, you, you be the judge of it. It's not just a misunderstanding. It's not just I'm a little upset. No. Then you'll go in and you'll see that he posted the Antifa manifesto. I was on a call with Antifa. I was on the call. I have copious notes. They said, oh, you didn't record it, so nothing to see here. No, but the notes are very well written. Matter of fact, they're very well written and they're bookend by lots of other information inside the book. I, I write a lot of notes. And yet I'm told that I'm the liar. She goes into the article that he wrote about talking about his wife. I pulled her to her feet and began dragging her around my apartment, apartment telling her to run faster and faster. Then I got the best idea of the month. I put her arms in the spreader bar, oh, I can't even read it. I can't read it to you. But read the article. And it goes in and it's got a, a link so you can actually look at it. The best part is they took this picture of this clean-cut guy. Clean-cut guy, Eric, and said that he's in Chicago. I think that's where he said that he moved to Chicago. No, he's not in Chicago. See, he's pissed off enough people in Salida that they talk about him there openly. He's out and about. He's never, he never disappeared. He never went anywhere. He was there the whole time, hidden in plain sight for all to see, buying restaurants and doing other things and getting involved in all sorts of other stuff, fighting with people, getting in drunken brawls. He did it, not me. And it wasn't hard. I didn't have to go looking for it. He pissed off enough people that they sent stuff to me. Never said anything about that. It goes in further and has a post of someone that uh, between Garrett Zeigler and Eric Coomer in 2021 where Eric responds, I oh, can't even read it. I can't even read it to you. 
But same type of stuff that you got back in 2005, 2010, 2016, 2018. Same stuff, same person, same personality, unapologetic, braggadocious, bully. Who's a brilliant programmer that did nothing in the election at all. He's a victim. He said he went into hiding. He said he went into hiding. So we have a video of him actually giving an interview in his house. And how do we know that it's in his house? Really simple. Because he gave an interview four months earlier, five months earlier, that they had taken down in the same place, or a year late earlier, in the same place that he took the other interview. Same place. Oh, at his house. Saying, I'm in hiding while he's in his house. Then he says in the article, and guys, you can't make this stuff up. This is sociopathy. This is psychotic nature of the writer of Susan Diminis and Eric Coomer. He says he went in hiding, but he would come home every now and then. And when he came home, these two men approached him. So he panicked and went and grabbed a gun. I have the picture of him standing in his, his doorway with a gun. Those people that... that accosted him or that were threatening him were journalists that, that identified him as, as selves as journalists. And he didn't want to talk to him at the time. And he went and grabbed a gun. They weren't just shady characters out to try and kill him. No, that never happened. It never happened. And he never went into hiding. I went and stayed at a friend's house in the cabin. Okay, maybe you did. But it wasn't because you were in fear for your life. It was because you were plotting and planning on how you could instill fear in others. He's a brilliant programmer, owns patents, had the capability, had the position in order to do it. I didn't know who Eric Coomer was when I started my life at the beginning of 2020. I didn't know. I knew who he was as far as who he was, but I didn't know the significance until the election. I have a chronological group of events that could not have happened had I not infiltrated Antifa long before the election, and I had never had a conversation with the Trump campaign, Sidney Powell, Mayor Giuliani, I, I didn't even meet Garrett Zegler until two weeks ago. I didn't know about a movie that they were doing called The Deep Rig because they weren't doing it. I got contacted in March. I only went and searched out Dominion voting systems and the problems with Dominion voting systems I only went and searched those things for one reason. And that is, I got sued. And I'm like, all right, I'll double down. I know tech. Let me tell you how the steal happened. I haven't even released the stuff I got for, uh, against ESNS and Hart. I haven't even released that information to anyone. Even the connections to Runbeck, the company that does other things related to elections that has been very silent through all this, and the whistleblower we have that worked for Runbeck as well. I haven't done any of that yet because I'm saving it. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter to me about anything other than truth. I would rather die in truth than live in a lie. And frankly, I've told you guys before, I don't care who the president is. I do. I have my choice. I'm an American. I have a voice. My pick was the person that did more for the minority community than any other president in the last five decades. That was my choice. Why? Because he proved it. I didn't care about his mean tweets. What I cared about is that he was saving people's lives, giving them opportunity, and stripping out all the fat 
and moving things out of the way so the American people can thrive. America first. That's why I care about whether or not President Trump was the president. And he's the rightful president. But do I care if we elect a different person? I don't. And I shouldn't. If the voice of the American people, if there's a story compelling enough that someone wants to go a different direction because it's not working, then God bless us, we should probably do it. And I should re-examine what I believe based on that. I should. As a person that stood against racism and stood against police brutality in real life, not in a fictional story where I talk about being a heroin skinhead, a heroin addict skinhead, that goes on to be, that just gets called right after he gets done going to prison, all of a sudden Sequoia calls him up and says, hey, do you want to write code for, for a voting system? And by the way, Ash goes through that very well. She's like, I, I just got to tell you this. Um, ring, ring. Yeah, so uh, we need somebody to come out here and write code for an election system that is going to be used by 40% of the country. Yeah, so do you think you want this job? Oh, can you fill out this background check? Oh, I'm sorry, you went to prison? What, for, oh, driving under the influence twice? Yes, oh, yeah. Uh, can you see how that background check would go, Jake? Do you know how that would go? Any idea? Uh, uh, I mean, it, it's an extreme conflict of character. It shows your responsibility. also shows someone that's prone to vices, and uh, people that are prone to vices generally... Um, have lowered inhibitions in, in terms of what they're, they'll be willing to do to fulfill those vices or satisfy those vices. So sounds like you might, you know, that such characteristics of an individual might be advantageous to a, a bigger, a bigger goal. Yeah, it is. Again, I put the article in the, in the comments so you guys could read it. We're running out of time. I've been, I've been kind of going on a tangent here because uh, this is what, this is my life now. $250,000 later in legal fees and fees of security, taking care of my family, having to step down as a CEO, having to divest from my companies, having to go through all the things that I have to go through to stand up for the American people. I did that. All, oh, wait, no. I did that so that I could be popular. Go against everything that I've done my entire life. I go against, it goes everything what I've done, but all of a sudden I wake up one day and I'm like, oh, this could be really interesting for me. Let's go try to get yourself killed. Let's live your life where you have to look behind your shoulder, have a head on a swivel every day of the rest of your life. Let's do that. Knowing that there's the Seth Riches out there that didn't make it out. Let's go have to make separate uh, uh, hard drives so that we can make sure that I have all the information so if something does happen to me, my family's taken care of. Let's do that. That makes a lot of sense. Let's watch as they gaslight the election, gaslight the audits, talk about how they can discredit it when they've never even seen the report. That should tell you what we're dealing with and the evil we deal with in our country. Let's watch as they disrespect President Trump, the man, by the way, who stood up for all of you. I don't care if you're a purple dinosaur. He didn't care either. And let them use petty things that, that oh, President Trump said this to me. He, he was mean to this person, mean to this person. While our soldiers die, the only president in modern history, by the way, that didn't get us into a war while he was a president. And yeah, I just walk right in, lying Biden, the, the, the guy that has the CIA, I don't know, on speed dial, 
who's compromised through his son, who goes through. I mean, guys, you, you can't write a bigger story. And I do look at every single day. I look at the facts. Here's a fact that I look at. Ready? This is a fact, Jack, Jake. I look at this. Ready? Am I wrong? Is there something wrong with me? Maybe I'm the one that's crazy. But then I look at it and I go, no, most people are silent because they've been bullied into silence. Most people do not believe this election was legitimate. Yeah, but the talking heads and the people that sit in rooms that walk around taking surveys in other countries and create fake information, kind of like Susan Dominus, it's, she's trash. And the radical left are trash. And Antifa is trash. And much like what Jamie said yesterday, they stand for everything that is terrible about our nation. They are the rapists, the racists, and the pedophiles of our society. Weinstein, Epstein, I can go down the list. When you have Clinton, they, they explain it away. It's okay, no, nothing to see here. You have me that got demonized. Well, look, I'm not perfect. I'm not. I'm far from it. I'm consistent. I'm consistently imperfect. I'm authentic. I'm raw with you. And it doesn't get any easier for me to show up to this podcast. It doesn't. But I do it because you have to, you, you, somebody has to stand in the gap. And I'm not the only one. There are plenty of other people. Ann Vandersteel is a, another one of those great people. Steve Bannon, another one of those great people. Roger Stone, Patrick, Patrick Byrne, General Mike Flynn, Mike Lindell, uh, Brandon House. I mean, I can go down the line. There's a ton of them. There's a ton of people that, frankly, that, 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 will, that are fighting for our nation. There's a guy named Zach that came out that was a whistleblower for Google, and he, he told everyone exactly what Google's doing, and Google lied. But where are they throwing people in jail that lied to Congress? They're not there. Now they're too busy creating this entire weaponized system to come after me. You have a judge in the case that marched in the Antifa protest in June of 2020 who was assigned by Jared Polis, the governor, two months before that was put on a case and four days later overturned a previous judge that was on the bench for 20 years. The, the amount of information that this judge, things that this judge has done that are illegal, out of process, and don't make any sense is mounting because they're a proxy. They're a weapon for Coomer and his lawyers. They're a weapon. Their lawyer literally sat in a room and said, I want him to come to court because he's not going to give up the Antifa guy. They got him on the call, and then we just want to throw him in jail. That is what he said. That, that's what evil does, is they work together in order to destroy our society. And here I am. I'm standing in the wrong place, I guess, watching puff pieces get made and gaslighting of the American people. And people wonder why I get pissed off. Why wouldn't I? I got I to gotta leave Colorado. That's what I had to do. I got to get out. And I had to get out because, frankly, I know what the, I know what the risks are at this point. I, the, the deck is stacked against me. And we file federal cases and we do the things that are necessary. I, gotta, I can't tell people where I'm going to go. I can't go visit my kids. I can't do. There's a lot of things I can't do. Why? Because I spoke the truth. And the truth doesn't matter to these clowns because they're all crap bags. They're trash. So then you ask me, well, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I want you to stand up. I want you to speak, become an ambassador. Become an advocate for truth. Stop letting them tell you that there's nothing out there to see. Stop letting them gaslight you and, and tell you that there's no evidence. There's mountains of evidence. 
And what happens in Maricopa County should wake up the rest of the nation. But the big media and the tech companies, nope, they're going to do everything they can to, again, weaponize against you. We need the judges to stand in the gap. We need, we need a whistleblower judge in Colorado to come forward and say, yes, you got a problem with the presiding judge. Yes, you have a problem with the Colorado Supreme Court. I need people that work for the Colorado Supreme Court or work for the court system to come forward and say, yeah, so here's what you're dealing with. That's all I have. That's all I have today, and I'm over. So, look, guys, I'm, I'm a little, I'm drained. Oh. Probably a, probably a bad way to end this, but no, it's a good Breitbart way to end news, it. Breitbart News update. There is allegedly a third blast took place in Kabul. So we are in some dark, depressing times at the hands of very sadistic, sadistic people. Yeah. Well... This was, uh, I, guys, I hate to jump out at the last minute, but we're over and I got to, I got to get on and uh, update on Max. I don't, I haven't heard from Max on what's happening with his puppy. I'll get an update later, but uh, if you like what you see and have heard, obviously you can share it. You can, you know, join our podcast. We're all over the place. Um, this has been the, you know, edition of Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Joe Oltman. I'm joined by Jake Freya. And uh, until tomorrow, we'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. We know how this ends. God wins. We just have to do our part, stand in the gap, have faith, and act in that faith.